pride, uh, my son and what God's doing in his life in this church. But then there's also, uh, makes me feel kind of old a little bit. Uh, I was thinking about, on the way to, on the way here, Brother Stephen and I talked a little bit about it. It was 25 years ago we started our church. And uh, that my, at that time, my Tom was only eight years old. And uh, I only had three children. Now I've got five children, all of them married. My eighth grandchild might be here tonight. And I've got a ninth one on the way, too. And that's exciting. I like that part. I like, like being a grandpa, but uh, you start realizing well, how fast time goes by, how fast things change. And Brother Steve's son was driving the bus over here. How old would he have been? Four. Uh, he was four years old <laughs> when we started the church. No, I'm thinking about all that. about this in my church often. There's no greater accomplishment in the world than to see your family serve God. It's yeah. so important that serve my Christian Paul back. I mentioned a lot about being together with them in the clouds. Everything you accomplish on this earth means nothing if your family doesn't go to heaven. I heard a preacher years ago say make a statement I thought was real good. He said, what will profit a man be the whole world lose his son? you're a pastor and you do a great job, but you lose your family, you've not done a good job. So I think family is very important, and, uh, and I've always tried to focus on that, focus on our church, and I'm excited about what God has done for us, and I'm excited about what God's going to be doing for you. I think in 25 years from now, uh, Lord, Lord Terry's is coming that long, I probably won't be here. Uh, I'll be probably, uh, I, believe I believe I'll be up there with the Lord in heaven. Uh, and 25 years from now, you girls will be old. One uh, real guys. I said, my 25 years ago, my two daughters that weren't even born yet are already married. You know? I said, time goes by quickly. And, uh, so that's why we need to focus on serving God and doing what we can. Because the Bible says, life is but a baby. It a while and vanishes away. We're going to be in the book of Luke tonight, chapter 6, and verse number 47 and verse 48. We're going to read for our text. The Bible said, Whosoever cometh to me, and heareth my sayings, and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built an house, and digged deep, and laid a foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, and the stream beat vehemently upon that house, and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. Father, I pray you meet with us here tonight, and God, I do pray you blessings. Upon this church and pastor and family. God, I pray that you just do a mighty work. Your works in wonderful miracles, God, in the, in the days to come. Lord, I pray in years from now they will start other churches and works will be accomplished uh, through this work. God, just bless them and help them to build a good foundation. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I've titled tonight's message A Good Foundation. Uh, God is talking about a man here and uh, People are reading, you'll hear about the bad foundation. A lot of people don't have that good foundation. And I want you to notice the storms are going to come. It's not all going to be easy. There's going to be difficult days. There's going to be storms that are coming. But what makes the difference is if you have a good foundation. And I want to give you 
just a few points tonight about how to have a good foundation in your life. Number one, make sure you give your heart to Christ. Amen. Amen. Salvation is very important. The Bible says, Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead. I'm afraid a lot of people today just make a commitment with their mouth or their head, but they don't make a commitment with your heart. God said you've got to believe in your heart. You need to be positive for certain that God has your heart. And just a real simple thought about that is if you've given your heart to something, nobody's got to beat you over the head to get you to do what's right. Amen? You give him your heart. And I'm afraid, again, too many people have religion, but they have never given their heart to Christ. If, uh, I compare it many times to marriage. When you really fall in love with someone, you want to do something to make them happy give them a blessed life. Amen. I said, I, I, I know my wife doesn't like when I talk about my past, but when I was a young man and I dated girls, a lot of times I'd be out with one girl and I'd see another pretty girl and i think, I'm going to go out with her next year. You know why? Because the girl I went out with the week before didn't have my heart. But when I really fell in love with my wife, I didn't want anybody else. Nobody else came to my mind. Nobody else came to my heart because she had won my heart and nobody had to give me a bunch of rules to follow. You know why? Because she won my heart. And I believe when a person really gives their heart to Christ, they want to do what's best. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. But I'm saying you want to do what's right. You want to make bring happiness to the Lord. And that's why he said, with our heart we believe. I've, I said this many times that most people I think are going to miss heaven only by a foot. A lot of them know about God here, but they haven't given them their heart. That's why I believe a lot of religious people, the Bible says there's going to be many in that day that will say, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and done many wonderful works? And he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. Why? Because they have made a head commitment, but they haven't made a heart commitment. Matthew 7, 21 says, not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. There's a big difference in saying something and really doing something. Works don't get you to heaven, but I'm saying that if you've given God your heart, it's going to change the way you live and the way you do things. Amen. Right. He that doeth the will of my Father. God, it's not what we say. I, I know, I you know, I, I don't know if anybody ever sees Judge Judy or not. If you ever watch uh, every once in a while I'll see that program. One thing uh, that I'll, uh, she reminds me of me in some ways. That may sound weird to you, but uh, the reason she does is She's always saying this to people. I can read your face. She goes, uh, I don't need a lie detector. I can tell by looking at you. You know why? Because she's been judging people for so long. And I've dealt with people. And, and I've had people come and say, hey, how you doing? But you look at that face and you're knowing what they're really saying. Because I'd like to kill you right now. <laughs> you know, you, you've all probably experienced that before. Uh, when you pastored as long as I have. Uh, you get to where you can read people really good. You can kind of see their faces. And, and, and like I said, I, I've had, there's times I've been preaching and I've looked at people's faces and I've thought, well, I'm glad they don't have a gun. <laughs> because if they did, I might not make it through through this this service uh, and things of that nature. And other times you can look. Now, everybody's probably thinking, oh, no, what, what are you thinking about me right now? <laughs> but you can. You can. I can honestly read people's faces. I can read their actions. I can read their eyes. Why? Because uh, listen, I've been in the ministry now, um, in my mathematics going here, 38 years I've been preaching. And uh, I've, got, I've got to know people. And I want to tell you, 
God can read us way better than this preacher can. God can see. God sees what's in our heart. God sees what's going on in our life. And that's why sometimes even as a preacher and as a Christian, if we're not careful, our hearts can get away from God. And we're not having that relationship that we ought to. And so when I say give your heart to Christ, I'm not just saying get saved. That's very important. If you're not saved, you need to be sure you're saved. But also that you're giving your heart, that you keep your heart in the work of the Lord. The second thing I want you to look at is this, is that not only do you need to give your heart to Christ, you need to be faithful to your church. Amen. This is so important. People, I think, don't understand the importance of the work of God. Hebrews 10, 23-25 said, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that is promised. And I like this next line. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a matter of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Listen, if, if you know anything about religion, people are getting away from religion. Right. People are getting away from the church. They're not as faithful as years ago. There, there was a time on earth, and I don't know if anybody here is as old as me, but there might be a couple of you that are as old as me. But years ago, there was a time when even lost people respected Sunday. There was a time when stores would close on Sunday. And restaurants weren't open on Sunday. Why? Because it was the Lord's Day. But now there are so many even, quote, Christian people who have no respect for the Lord's Day. They have no respect for the church. And God said, what did He say? That as we see the day approaching, we ought to be more faithful. He says, as you see that day approaching, and again, I don't want to take too much time and go into a sermon. I believe we're getting real close to the coming of the Lord. And if you're a Christian, I think you ought to be more faithful than ever before. That you ought to be sticking closer to God than ever before. And those that said, consider one another. Another problem I think is going on in the world today is we've become a very self-centered society. Everybody's thinking about me. What's going to happen to me? You ought to be thinking about what's going to happen to others. That's what the ministry is, caring about other people. You ought to say, I don't, I just don't get out of church what I like to get out of. You're not supposed to come to get. You're supposed to come to give. You, ought to, you need to be here for other people, to be an encouragement uh, to other people, and to be a help to other people. God said, consider other people. You ought to consider your pastor. I'll tell you what, it helps your pastor if you're there. Amen. Encourages him, helps him. The Bible said we ought to provoke unto love and the good works. We ought to encourage other people to get involved and to do things. I'll tell you what, it's a blessing when you have people in your church that are involved and they're faithful. I don't think there's a greater compliment in the world than to be called faithful. Amen. That's what I want to get from when I get to heaven. I want God to be able to look at me and say, You were faithful. All the way till the end. I always use this example uh, very often, too, is, uh, I've, again, I've been married 33 years. I've been a faithful husband. My wife is a faithful wife. And you know, if I, if I were to mess up one time, would I be considered faithful anymore? Well, I, honey, I've only gone out on you once. Still couldn't count on She's not going to look at me the same. In fact, Probably look at me very different. I'd probably be in a coffin. <laughs> probably knowing my wife. <laughs> and, uh, 
You got to be faithful. God says, I want you to be faithful. I want you, and I'm talking for you. If you, if you want to have a good foundation, if you're going to make it through the difficult days, you need to learn to be faithful to your church. You need to get involved in your church and work in your church. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 says, For as the body is one and hath many members, all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. You've got to remember you're part of a body. I just talked about this at our church. I think it was either Sunday or, or Wednesday. I can't remember. But, but I know this, that uh, every part of the body is important. And you may not always realize it until you lose that part of the body, but thank God I still have almost every part of my body still on me. The only thing missing, i got two teeth that are gone. Had a pulled years ago. To be honest, I wish I still had them. I, I look back and I think maybe I should. They, they had some big cavities, and he said I could do, I could fill them or I can pull them. I said just pull. I didn't realize that when you pull the one down here, the one up above keeps growing. Okay, and so I wish I'd have had them fill that one. And I got one back there. I told my kids when I die, I want you to pull that one out. It's a gold tooth. <laughs> you know, and so I, I said after I die, I said don't let them bury that gold. I said that got pull it out. It's for my sake. 
I want to, faithfulness helps me in my life. It helps me to be stronger in my life. And, and who knows, uh, I always tell people this, what, what if my parents hadn't been in church the night I got saved? I might, I might have missed you. Say it's not that big important one. I, got, I surrendered to preach on a Thursday night at a revival meeting that we were having. And I wonder, what if I decided to miss church that night? And I won't go through the whole story, but it was an amazing story of how God, what God did in my life to call me to preach that night. And the preacher who was preaching, I will tell you this, that there's an old preacher that was preaching that night that had, was my pastor when I was a baby. And he told me after I surrendered to preach that night that he had... One day my mom brought me to his office and asked him to pray and ask God to use my life someday. And I thought, man, 17 years later, 250 miles away in a different town, that was the night I surrendered to preach. And I believe God had it all planned out. God had a purpose for that. But had I not been in church that night, maybe, maybe that wouldn't have happened. So be faithful to your church. It's so important uh, to, to you, to your church. And again, to uh, visitors who might show up someday uh, to see that, hey, there, there are people there that know what faithfulness is. The third thing, if you're going to have a good foundation in your life, be sure to get good counsel. Counsel is one of the most important things that all of us can get. Proverbs 19.20 says, Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in the latter end. If you're going to have a good ending, you're going to have to be a person who gets good counsel. I will tell you that the greatest decisions I've made in my life were not something I thought of myself. They were things that men of God gave me counsel to do. I'd talk to the preacher. say, Pastor, what do you think? And I, they would tell me, you know why? Because when I was a young man, I hate to admit it. I was not always the smartest person in the world. And I hate to admit it now. I'm still not the smartest person. I still do dumb things. <coughs> Amen. Shall I get some amens from people? And, and listen, I always tell my folks this. If they don't believe me, I can give you a list of preachers that you can call and ask them, has Pastor Tom in the past month or two called you for counseling? And these men of God will tell you that that preacher calls me and gets counsel for me. So why do you do that? You're 38 years you've been preaching. You still need to get counsel? Yes. Because times change, life changes, situations come up in my life maybe that I've never dealt with before. And God says a wise man is going to go for counsel. And I'll tell you this, as a pastor, uh, I know my folks are here so they, they've heard this before and probably get sick of hearing it. Uh, but one of the saddest things for me as a pastor is when I see people make bad decisions that they didn't get any counsel from me about. You say, well, why don't you just go tell them? Because that's my job. It's not just, I, I, I try to preach it, but I always think, man, what? I wish I'd just come and ask me. If they'd asked me, I couldn't tell them. You see, if I just go bug them after they've already made, hey, listen, you were real stupid. Why did you do that? They're probably going to get mad at me and walk away. But I've always wondered, why don't, why don't people come to me more for counseling? I'm thinking, don't they trust you? Every parent here, I imagine every parent here wishes your kids would come and say, hey, Dad, what do you think? I mean, can you imagine what it'd be like if your son would come and say, listen, Dad, some of my buddies want me to go drinking with them. I know I'm not 21. You shouldn't even drink when you're 21. I know I'm only 17, but some of the guys want me to go out drinking with them. Dad, do you think that's okay? 
How many think your dad would say okay? And you know what? The reason kids don't ever ask their parents for counsel is they already know what the answer is. And the reason people don't go to the preacher for counseling is usually because they already know what the answer is. And guess what? They don't like the answer. Amen. And I'm, but I'm telling you that I am, I am not a great father and a great preacher or anything like that because of anything I've done. It's because of who I've listened to. I listen to men of God. I listened to preachers. One of the greatest things that ever happened in my life was when I got to go live with my uncle for a while, who was a pastor, and, and he totally changed my life. I went to a, uh, when I was a junior in high school, I got to go to a Christian school. And that principal was one of the meanest guys in the world. Uh, it seemed like, that's what it felt like to me. It seemed like everything I wanted to do, I swear, I, it's like he followed me around and decided, okay, here's some more things I need to preach, I guess. But you know, again, as a young man, I thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to listen to this guy. I'm going to do what he says, even if I don't like it. I'm going to do it. And I did. I remember the days when I was a young man. I, listen, I moved out on my own when I was 17 years old. And I'm, I'm out there, I'm, there's things I'm thinking about doing. I thought, no, I've been taught not to do that. I've been told I'm going to listen to that counsel. And looking back, I want to raise my hand and praise God that I listened to those counselors and I didn't go by what I thought was best. And, and so if you want to have, I, I believe God gave me, I believe I've got a, a wonderful life today and I've got a wonderful family today and I've got a wonderful church today because I listened to the counsel of men of God. I, I, my folks all know this story. I would not be pastor where I'm at right now today if I went by what I felt. But a man of God, an older man of God, one day when I was thinking about making a change, told me, he said, no, you need to stick right where God put you. And so I did what he said, and I looked back and I praised God that I did. Get good counsel. Go to God. Proverbs 11, 14, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. God said, if you want to have a good life, get good counsel. Psalms 1, 1, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't listen. To the wrong people. Listen, uh, Oprah Winfrey's not the answer. Amen. Okay, uh, the news people are not the answer. I hope this is okay to say here. Our president is not the answer. Don't listen to the counsel of our government. They don't know what they're doing. Listen, I know I'm not the wisest man in the world, and I know I have no, I, I, I do not deserve, I would not deserve to be the president of the United States, but I'd say this, I'd make a lot better one than what we got right now. <laughs> because our country is in trouble, and they've been following the wrong counsel, and we are headed, we're headed for judgment, and, and folks, you've got to be careful who you listen to. Amen? Make sure you get good counsel that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. God said you'll be a blessed man if you don't listen to the wrong people. Friends say, ah, don't listen to that preacher. Don't listen to those people. I'll tell you this, your pastor cares about your soul, he cares about your future, he cares about your life. I try to get this across to my young people all the time. I want you to have a fantastic and blessed life. And listen, so much, and I mean this with my whole heart, God is my witness, I'd be willing to die for you this very moment. 
to be sure that you had that. That's how much I care for you. So, those friends, those people who are trying to lead you in the wrong direction, they could care less about you. They're thinking about themselves. And they're not thinking about you. And that's why you need to be sure that you get the right counsel. You get that good, godly counsel. Blessed is a man that doesn't walk in the counsel of the, of the ungodly. The fourth thing that you need to do if you're going to have a good foundation is determine in your life to be consistent. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know your labor is not in vain. What do you mean by that? I, I don't want to re-preach my sermon. I preached my church Sunday, but, but I'll tell you this. If you're going to, to make it, you've got to make up your mind right now that no matter what, I'm going to do what's right. As I said, there were decisions I made years ago. But I said, okay, I'm always going to be faithful to church. I'm always going to read my Bible. I'm always going to pray. I'm going to keep my... I'm never going to lower my standards. Amen. Nobody's perfect, but I believe you ought, ought to always want your standards to go up. We all need to improve on things. And I made up my mind about those things. Have I ever thought about doing things different? Yes. But I thought, wait a minute. One thing I want to be is I want to be consistent. My, again, my church has been there for 25 years. And honestly, I've got some tapes from way back. You can go listen to me. I still preach the same stuff. still stand on the same things. I've, I've not become more liberal. God says you ought to be consistent. You ought to be, if you have a good foundation, you need to uh, be un steadfast, unmovable. Don't let anything change your mind. First, our Colossians 1.23 says, If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard, and which uh, was preached to every creature which is under heaven, wherefore I, Paul, made a minister. God said, be grounded and settled. Do you know anything about plants? If you plant a tree and you pick you dig it up next year and move it again and then move it the next year, guess what? It's not going to be a good fruit tree. The strongest trees are the ones with what? The deepest roots. Amen. My apples tree this year. A couple of they they are amazing this year. I mean, man, I don't know how many years ago I planted them this year. They are so packed with apples this year. And they're good. They're really good apples. I look at those trees, I think, you know, they don't, that usually takes about at least three years before they start really putting forth any fruit. And, and I look at those trees, and, and some, in fact, they are so fruitful this year, some of the branches broke off, they got so heavy uh, with, with the apples that are on. And I think the same thing's true in our life as a Christian. If we're going to become fruitful, we've got to learn to be consistent. We've got to learn to get grounded. You ought to be consistent to your faith. Amen. <coughs> Don't be changing back and forth, up and down, in and out. Always be faithful to God. People are looking for people who are consistent. Be consistent with your family. Amen. Listen, I, 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 I've seen a lot of preachers over the years that end up losing their families. And I think one of the reasons they lose their families is they <coughs> preach one thing and live another. Don't want to do that. You want to be consistent. Your kid... Listen, your kids are watching, and I've learned this through the years, too. A lot of the reasons kids end up leaving church when they get older is because they hear and see how mom and dad live differently than what the preacher preaches. Amen. You need to be consistent. You need to stick by the stuff, and they need to see that you're consistent in your faith. There are going to be bad days, and you must make up your mind right now that you will do right no matter what the circumstances. 
we are told that the storms would come. It, it is uh, the life that is built on a strong foundation that will stand through the storm. Now, you folks that are married, let me ask you, has it been a perfect life? Has there ever been days that you got upset with each other? There's probably been days that every wife has looked at her husband thinking, what in the world? <laughs> every guy's probably felt the same way, but they think, wait a minute, I made a commitment. I said, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in death, till death do us part. Some of you probably even thought, maybe I would. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? There's been the wonderful days and the wonderful times, but there's been the hard times too. And there's times that you've got to look and you've got to say, okay, listen, I made a commitment. I'm going to stick by that commitment. I'm going to be consistent in my faith. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith thou Christ hath made you free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Stand fast. Watch ye. Stand fast in the faith. I like this. Quit ye like men. Be strong. God said we ought to be strong Christians. Matthew 7, 26. 27, and everyone that heareth the sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be like likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Here's the difference. you got both of these people are building a house. Both of the houses look fantastic. One house stands through the storm. The other house falls through the storm. What's the difference? The foundation. The foundation. Listen, just because the house looks real pretty, doesn't mean you ought to buy it. I'll give you a little secret. If you're going to go to buy a house, don't you have a real estate fellow here, right? I thought so. I thought I recognized that guy back there. Uh, I, I, I told my son when he bought his house, I said, you need to go, go down and look at the foundation of that thing. And it was during that real rain time. I said, go check that basement out and see if it's going to flood during that uh, those storms and stuff. Why? Because if the foundation's bad, no matter how beautiful the top is, it's eventually going to cave in and fall. And you got to make sure, you want to look at that foundation. You want to make sure it's got a good, strong, built foundation. If it doesn't have that, it's going to, there's going to be problems uh, along, uh, along the way. And so God says, I want you to make sure that you have a good, strong foundation. Listen, nothing wrong with starting to build that foundation. But you need to think about these things I talked about. Make sure your heart's given to Christ. Make sure you're faithful to the house of God. Listen, I, I, people that are such a blessing here are those that are faithful. And I tell you what, I, when the day comes that I leave this world, I want to have always been faithful to God. I want to have been faithful to my family. I want to be faithful to my word. I know, I know nowadays when you do anything, borrow anything, you got to sign 40 million papers, and I understand. There was a time when you could use this people and they trust you because people were faithful. I, my brother's actually got a little thing for my grandpa where he bought our bought some property. It was written, the agreement was signed on a, a torn piece of paper. I can't remember how many acres it was he was buying, but he just signed, they just signed the paper and said, okay, I'm going to buy it for this much money, promised to pay it, and they signed that torn piece of paper. And my brother still has that, that paper with the boy. You know, nowadays you want to go borrow $50, you've got to sign your name about 35 times or, you know, all kinds of stuff. And I understand that in this, this day and age, but God 
God says, you ought to be able to trust you. That you need to have faith in God. You need to stand fast. You need to be strong. So to build a good life, remember, you want to make sure you get the foundation right. If you're not sure of your salvation, you ought to make sure of it. Nothing wrong with that, Father. Right? Jesus said, search the Scripture for them you think you have eternal life. Listen, I think one of the scariest verses in the Bible is when we talks about the preachers. There's preachers that are going to go to hell. You know why? Because maybe they thought their preaching was going to get them there. It's not your preaching. It's whether you put your faith in Christ. So be certain of your salvation. If you want to be called faithful, you get involved in your church. Do something. Find, find what your part is. Every church has... Listen, I, I can start naming things that people do in our church that it's not... If it weren't for other people... Listen, this preacher, I have, I have, still have very little building abilities. It wasn't for people in our church that had abilities that I didn't have. Our church, we'd never made, and we still wasn't today. Find what, get faith, be involved in the church. If you need to make an important decision, get some good counsel. Go to your preacher. Even if you think it's a, a minor decision, it, it's good to get godly counsel. Good to go talk to somebody. If you want to be able to look back on your life with good memories, determine right now to be consistent. As I look and I see my family, as I said, I see the good things that are going on in my family's life. I look back and I think, you know, I'm so glad that I made those decisions. I'm so glad that I've been consistent. I'm glad that I never gave up. I'm glad that I never quit. Bible says, though that song says it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. But I'll tell you what, it's worth it here on this earth. If you'll do the right thing, you'll be consistent. Listen, our family's been through some storms. Our church has been through some storms. But you know what? God's blessed us. I don't know if you know this, the average pastor only stays at a church about not quite two years. And God's let me be at my church 25 years. Now I'm not bragging. But I'm saying, have I ever wanted to give up? Yeah. But you know what? I made it in my mind. I'm going to be consistent with those things. I thought about my family, my kids. But I don't want I don't want them to see an inconsistent dad. I want to be an example to them. I want to be an example to my grandkids. I want them, and the Lord lets me live long enough. I want I want my great grandkids to see it. And I'll tell you what, you're gonna it all goes back to the day that I got my foundation right. That I got sure I was saved. I made my mind up I was going to do my best to serve God all the days of my life. But I was never going to give up. I was never going to quit. I was never going to stop. And when those storms came, the house might have creaked a little bit, but that foundation held. So ask yourself the question, do I have a good foundation? If not, God comes and say, God, help me. Nothing wrong with like some of you might be new Christians. You need to just get started building that foundation and get that counsel from your pastor or not to build that good foundation. So as we stand together, maybe we're heads out and our eyes closed. Just a moment.